This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Welcome back, Beam. Thank you. How you doing, buddy? Good. It's good to have you back on the show. I'm enjoying the fact that we can commiserate once again, and you can basically carry the show with soccer knowledge as I stumble through with my very low-key and mid-takes. No, I don't think anybody is getting that confused, Bone. I'm sure, <laughs> they, those, they takes, I'm sure those takes were still there while I was they were gone. Not, they were not there. Uh, no, it's been good. It's been good. Obviously, it's, been, it's good to get, be back to work, so uh, everything was pretty as uneventful as things could be. You almost it's said normal, a, and then you caught yourself and said, no, nah, it's probably not normal. Yeah, I'm it's not it wasn't necessarily normal. Nor, it's the new normal. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, everything has been as, as uneventful as we could hope for, which is always a good thing. Meredith is doing fantastic. Uh, little baby William, he's doing fantastic, too. I uh, got to text the – so take you back to the day that he was born. So we went in around, I don't know, 11 a.m. on Sunday – it was the same Sunday where Manchester United was playing Liverpool. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, much much to uh, Pat Murphy's chagrin, you did not make it to the bar that day. No, I didn't make it to the bar. Yeah. So you're going to drop Meredith off, go there for the game, and then come back later. <laughs> Meredith said, why bother coming back? Um, so he was born. He Just was born. drive into the sunset, my friend, and yeah. never return. <laughs> so it was, I mean, that that took my mind off of things for a couple hours uh, at least. So that was pretty good. And, of course, they get shellacked 7-0. And I said, you know what? If we're going to spin this into a positive at least you weren't alive. At least yeah. the baby wasn't alive to see that. Right. Now, it was on the same day. He was born on the same day uh, as when that disastrous game happened. But I'm hoping that that is the worst defeat in Manchester United history that will ever happen. Right. And it didn't happen technically until he was out. not alive. Yeah. He was in. Now he's in the world. Yes. And that had not happened by the time he arrived in the world. Yes. Like that or that had already happened. It wasn't yet to happen. Correct. So, right. So that was my silver linings takeaway uh, from that. I was pissed off for the rest of the day, but uh, that's all right. There were bigger fish to fry. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's photos of you like holding your son. And you're just like, damn it. Well, if you noticed, like the yeah, first there's the, the baby. Fine. So I got dragged on social media because I think you tweeted it out from like the station account. It's like, well, you know, welcome into the world and everything. And we got a new fan today, which was is very cool because I sent you some pictures and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our boss, Marco, some pictures as well. And I think you tweeted out, and I'm wearing like a Manchester United hoodie. He's like, doesn't you don't, doesn't this guy know that his team got beat? It's like, hey, dummies! I was at the hospital watching the game. Right. I'm not gonna go home during intensive labor and change my outfit. Also, not a fair weather fan. How about that? <laughs> yeah. How about your team loses? Well, you don't just like burn well, the shirt on. and you just. I I am a Manchester United fan, so. Fairweather fan, I guess not in that moment, but I guess picking that team overall as my selection. Well, no, but I'm saying like you're a Manchester United fan. Your team lost seven to one. You, you, what are you supposed to do? Like, I will never wear this again. Like, no, yeah. you had it on at the birth of your son. It's a very important thing to you. These colors don't run. That's right. what I heard, right? So just that's fine. You embrace it. So we're wearing was, a Manchester City jersey. No, I wasn't. Like you wear the other. You know. Shut up. Shut up. Don't even don't start day. it. Don't start it. Why? Why begin? Why even go down this road? How's Sunderland doing? <laughs> they're they're terrible. Not terrible. They're up in the championship, but uh, it's 
all right. Uh, but no, man, every, everything's been good. Took a few weeks off, um, you know, a little bonding time and everything. Life's obviously very, very different. Uh, getting up every few hours tonight, you know, so that big fella can eat and everything. But uh, it's as good. It's as good as we could hope for, and everything is is pretty good. I'm not too tired either. I mean, coming into soccer podcast day, it was Monday night during. If you happen to be a crew fan, Anna Buckeye women's suits fan, which I know that you and I both are, uh, they played Virginia Tech on Monday yeah, evening. Yeah, that, that was a tough. And I'm like, you know what? Game. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap during the middle of the day. I'm gonna stay up. So it was around 10:15. This game went to halftime. And I heard him starting to like coo upstairs. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna try to remedy this situation. Uh, so I turned on Gamecast on my phone, and then I turned on Matt Andrews uh, doing the play-by-play on the fan app, and uh, I was doing all that, and it was great. But I did not watch another second of that basketball. Right, game. of course. Yeah, I mean, that was about is... from about ten fifteen to about one o'clock on Monday night. I was busy. This is well, that's and that is it. That's the uh, the thing I will say that that for those who are not yet parents and those of you who are, you already know this, but like sports viewing habits change when you have a kid and it's not like not, not forever. Just there are seasons of the stuff where it's like, this is the season of the witch. Like that's what I'm right, in there right, yeah, right now. Right. Yeah. I have, so I have <laughs> friends who are like, they go to the bar, you know, every morning, like 7 a.m. Like for, me. Yeah. Like how I used to be. Right. In my former life. Right. Or like I have my brother who uh, he has kids too, but like they're in a different spot in life, like where he goes to F1 races in the mornings and goes out and hangs out at Land Grant and Mm -hmm. does that stuff. And there's lots of people who do this and that's great. And lots of those people have kids. I'm not saying that. For me, we're in a spot now where like kids are in soccer in the spring and fall and like Saturday mornings get very busy for us even when there's not activities. Now when my kids are older, might be able to go do that again right they might come with me for all i know but yeah so well yeah that's that's fine you, you'll navigate it how you navigate it and it'll be a good time and meanwhile baby billy doesn't yep. have to ever see that shellacking by liverpool we don't ever have to speak of it again quite honestly yeah so you to. actually overestimated united because they got beat seven nil not seven seven one sorry not seven or seven nil not seven one you're right you yeah. know what he was alive for what was that See the Columbus crew put up six goals on Atlanta. Now that was a six to one shellacking yep. that uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll get into the premier league hall of fame. Some uh, announcements for that, which I got to tell you, I didn't even realize there was a premier league hall of fame. I didn't either until this past week, but now we know and we're going to talk about it. Uh, but let's start with the crew. They destroyed Atlanta, decimated Atlanta. They, I mean, Sherman Atlanta, if you will. I mean, it was, <laughs> was everything and nothing. It was all amazing. Um, so six goals, four of which were scored by, I'm trying to get this right. I know. Cause I'm I, trying to remember. Yeah. Cause like Christian Ramirez scored on his debut and scored two, but so he has now scored in his debut for like three different clubs, which yeah. is its own cool thing. But then club debut club debut. But then I think there are four other guys, if I'm not mistaken, who scored their first MLS goal in this game. Yes. Which and also their first crew goal obviously in their day, you know, but still whatever. Max Arfson debut goal and yes. first MLS. Yes, goal. right. Um so Aiden Morris first goal yeah. in MLS. Right, not his debut, but right. yeah. Um so very cool to see some guys getting some run clearly and we talked a bit not as much as we probably should have about crew 2, but you got to see the the depth and the value of having that great crew two squad. The Cappies, uh, what is it that they say? Cappies pull up, right? Like the Cappies pulled up for this game. They were there and they helped the crew get this victory. Obviously, those guys are now 
crew players. But my point being, a lot of those guys that you saw helped crew two win the inaugural MLS Next mm-hmm. Pro Cup thing. And that's cool. It's good to see that depth. Um, it's good to see Atlanta doesn't have it. Right. And this is a And Atlanta a, has been touted about having a really good youth system as well. Sure. Yeah. And and I know that's a thing that the crew do want is they want to be one of the best development systems it's great in for, MLS. It's great for business. Of course it is. This is how if you want to bring in ten million dollar players at the top of your roster, yeah. you need a development system because one, you're gonna to need to have some spots on the roster that are relatively cheap compared to MLS salaries. Two, you're gonna need some guys that you can occasionally bring through who do good things and then go on to other places and you get a return on that. And then you use that to buy your next player that you need to help you in a different way. Yeah. I mean, this is one side feeds the other and vice versa. So when you and I started this podcast, I was, I forget which team it was. Vancouver Whitecaps. Oh yeah. It was, it was Vancouver. Uh, but we were talking about, you know, the league, overall and what it needs to be to be long-term successful. And this was just my purview a few years ago. And I mean, you look at teams scattered all throughout the world and whatever region that you want to look in, um, you think over the Netherlands, like Ajax youth system is like crazy. Right. And then you see those guys come up through the youth system and then you see them play for Ajax or they go to some other Eredivisie club. And then all of a sudden like they're back at Ajax and then they're sold for like millions and millions of dollars. Manchester United has a really good uh, youth system as well. I forget what their streak of games are, but it's like, all the way back to the, I want to say like 60s or 70s, where they have featured an academy player in every single game since then. Uh, it's crazy to think about. Like Boca has a tremendous youth system, like yeah. Flamengo down in Brazil. Um, like, you know, you start to think of like these powerhouses in world soccer, and while, you know, they're not bringing home a championship every year, like there's different ways to do business. And I always thought long-term success, not of this club, but Major League Soccer in general would have to be on – you know, the backs of youth systems. And it's really impressive that ML, I don't give MLS a lot of credit on the show, but I think what they've been doing with MLS next pro is really cool. They're giving uh, those youth players a platform to shine. Uh, I think that's fantastic to see. And I think it's overall, it's just better for the entire health of the organization and the league as a whole. And to be one of the best in MLS, the best in your league at homegrown talent, I, that's nothing to hang your hat on, man, because those boys were out there on Saturday evening against Atlanta in the big stadium under the bright lights against one of the best teams in MLS so far. Now, I know we can argue about eligibility for national teams and being an international window, which I'm sure that we're going to get into, but still doing it on that stage, like, yeah, it's fantastic to see. Tip of the cap. Yeah, it is really cool that this crew team has that depth because it's something that we've for years wanted to see, we've hoped to see, and you know, years gone by, you've said, well, yeah, but if they get some injuries, what's going to happen? Well, in this game, you had three guys out for international duty, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You had Cucho Hernandez, who's now, that's I mean, that's a big story, too, we haven't touched on yet, but it was announced this past week. He's out for probably four to six weeks mm-hmm. with a knee, some knee thing. Not ideal, right? Well, and he's been out, too. Yeah, right. I mean, he's been out, but yeah. now continues to, will right. be out for a while. Like, this is not going to go away anytime soon, and you hope it's not a long-term thing, but... Obviously, that's always a concern when you hear knee and going to take a few weeks. Hopefully, everything's okay. Um, So keep an eye on that. But no Lucas El Rayon. LA Room was up, you know, giving up a hat trick to Lionel (laughs) Messi, getting his picture taken with him. Hey, man, I thought it was really cool that he got the jersey swap. Oh, well, at the very least, if Messi's going to hang three on you, then (laughs) he ought to have the dignity to come up if you say, hey, can I have your jersey? He'd be like, absolutely. I saw a picture of them embracing at the end of the game. And again, 
we've had Aloy on the show, and like yeah. it's very cool, and I like Aloy Room a whole lot. But just chip. No, no, no. Let's this get isn't, there. Get this there. Isn't, this isn't on Aloy. Let's get there. This isn't let's on Aloy. It was just the picture that he was in with Messi, like them going up for the dap at the end of the game. Like, first of all, you want to frame that bad boy like then and there and well, make sure that gets back home safely. Sure. After Argentina just won a World Cup. You're Curacao. You have a population of 150,000. Argentina's population is 47 million. Mm. You weren't supposed to win that game, and you were probably supposed to lose 7 0. But there was a there was a picture of Aloy and Messi. And Messi's got a shirt off because they're doing the whole shirt swap. And I think Aloy's, you know, got the long sleeve on underneath of it because that's what he wears, the long sleeves. Um, and there's a picture of Messi. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Lionel Messi has a, like, sweet forearm tat, like leg tats and everything. Lionel Messi's back left shoulder tattoo. And I don't want to offend Lionel Messi. I'm not, I'm sure it's someone who's very close to him. That is a bad-looking tattoo. That's a bad-looking tattoo. Gotta, you know what? I think if you just go to Aloy Room's Twitter account. Okay. Or just type in Aloy Room. I'm sure there's more messy pictures that's going to pop up. Like, I had to zoom in on it, and it, whoever did that tattoo, I'm not sure that you should be a tattoo. <laughs> like, it is bad. This is, uh, oh, on the back left shoulder. Bone, I see it's, this. It's, it's I bad. see this, and, uh, oof, yeah. I, like I, I said, I know it's probably it someone who is very important to Lionel Messi. But it's a bad tattoo. Yeah, you know what? And I didn't realize this because I never see him with his sleeves off. But, like, Aloy Room had a, a cutoff shirt underneath. Yeah. He looks like he's got two full sleeve tats, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it does. Shout out to the – you know what? Shout out to tatted up uh, soccer players. There's We need – because I think so much you're – like, you, you see the arms, but then you've got – like, I didn't know for years until, I don't know, probably two or three years ago that Messi is like – the full calf, like ankle to yeah. knee, is all done. Full coverage of tattoos because you never see it because he's right. got his socks pulled up. But that the brother, that's a bad tattoo. <laughs> I don't know what to tell <laughs> that you. That was that's... my main takeaway. It's like first, cool for Aloy. Second, it's a really bad. Yeah, and it, it I, I'm sure it it looks. I mean, if I had to guess, like it's I a don't, portrait. I, I if I if I didn't know better, I would say like grandma or yeah. mom or something. That's why I'm not. That's why I had to preface it. Right, with what right. I said. Listen. We can have people that we're close to that then afterwards you go, that didn't really honor the person I was trying to honor. I, he's got enough money where I'm surprised he doesn't have like AI digitally enhancing <laughs> every photo of him yeah. on the internet, just anywhere. Right. By the way, are you aware of how like down the road we've gone on artificial intelligence? Real I quick? am. And during our time off, Meredith has decided to watch some movies that we've never seen before. Well, she's never seen before. Okay. And and I think it was all based on your tweet, like which, which one, which which movies? Oh yeah, you yeah. feel like you should see. Yeah, Meredith, yeah, you haven't. Yeah, Meredith is a person where she'll watch a movie once and like will never need to rewatch it again. Me, I'm like rewatching a hundred times. Okay, like, it's fine. I'll just turn it on. Like I've I've seen yeah. Shawshank. I've told you like nine thousand times. I get that. Yeah, there's a comfort level to that. You so, feel some. Ironically, with what you're talking about, we have been doing The Matrix. Um, oh, okay. And so that first film was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And watching it when I was seven years old and not really understanding the messaging. And then now fast forward to 2023. I'm like, boy, we're like, we're here. We're in the matrix, we're buddy. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit. Do you want the red pill or not? Uh, give me the blue. Give me, like, <laughs> keep me in the matrix. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all right with this life. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I kind of just want to live there. But I found out, like, some people around the office, because we have TV here and radio. Do we some, have AI here? No. Well, well, one of the, one of the, I guess someone up in the engineering department found one of these more robust AI programs that's available and they're 
you know, smart enough to know how to use it and make it do things. Not me. They were able to take people's voices here and then put a script in, and then their voice says the script. Because I, this came up, because I don't know if you've ever, Spotify, by the way, where our podcast is there, it's wherever you get podcasts. Spotify has a feature that just popped up for me that said DJ, and I'd never seen this, so I click on it, and it said, it was a guy who's like, hey, what's up? It's Xavier. How you doing? I'm X. I'm going to bring you all your favorite music. Start you off with some Beastie Boys. I see you like that. You listen to that quite a bit. Here you go. And then it was like he's a radio DJ. It was a real human voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, however they're doing this. And then three or four songs go by like a radio. And it was like the mix that was made off of my algos. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's algo radio yeah. where it's just telling this thing to play it. And then he comes back on and you can like skip a couple songs. And if you do it enough, he'll come back on and be like, all right, you're not feeling that. No problem. We're going to move on to the and Like instantly takes you to another thing. And it like, like sub genre of music. Yeah, yeah. Or like you haven't listened to this in six months, but you were listening to it a bunch back in 2022. Here's this. But it's not like a robot. <laughs> the voice sounds like a real human is actually voice tracked this oh, or something. Terrifying. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. And we we know there's the deep fakes and all that. I'm just oh, saying yeah. we're getting phased this out. This is a deep fake podcast. This actually. None of this is. If you think this sucks, it's been AI the entire time. That's right. Chat GPT brings you our podcast. I could never have these poor of takes. No, same here. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I did say something that I think upset some crew fans, and I didn't mean for it you? to. You? Negative bone? Uh, apparently it was negative bone. Negative AI bone, actually? <laughs> That's right. Blame the AI. It's, it's the AI that did this. This is what we were told you wanted to hear. We'll do that, and uh, then we'll also talk about the Premier League Hall of Fame and some other coaching changes that have happened in the Premier League. That is coming up next. You are listening to Bone and Beam United. Let's talk about the thing that I said that apparently ticked off some people in crew land. Which I one? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm famous for doing that. It's fine. It's okay. You more famous for that or the Murph dog? Oh, I, I think I Murph dog. The podcast. Murph was great. And you know what? We did. <laughs> we had some moments where we talked about like just some of that. Go back and listen to Pat Murphy. I will say the energy level was a little different because Pat's a little more quiet. And then I was just, oh, hey, Pat, how you doing? It's good to talk to you. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. Yeah. I, I do acknowledge I do that sometimes, but that, I don't know. We were also in a different studio. It threw me off. It wasn't his was fault. Was Pat here? Yeah. Pat oh, nice. came in. Cool. Actually, and before Pat, we had my buddy Sam, yeah. Sam Fami, who yeah. is a noted crew photographer and a guy who also lost like a bunch of weight like mm -hmm. I did. So we talked about that. We talked about his background being from Egypt. And so, yeah, really cool to kind of hear about Al Ali and, and some of that stuff that that's one of his teams he's rooted for for years. I talked to Sam uh, when we were having a watch World Cup watch party. He's yep. like, yeah, it shocks you the amount of people that don't know that Egypt is in Africa. I'm like, yes, it would. Oh, yeah, we, we got into that. <laughs> and it's like, you're right. I I I know that, like growing up, we had a lot. I was very into Egypt because of the Bible. So we were all about learning about Egypt. King but, Tut, you can go see his recreated tomb at Kosai. Yeah, I heard some people were disappointed about that. Well, it's not the real thing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Like, Have you a, ever seen the you mummy? Know, it's a, it's a, like, we're at a point now where it's like, I don't want to go to Coastline unless it's a real dead body. But the meme is, hey, want to see a dead body? Like, no, I don't actually need to see his real dead body. And it's like stolen goods, by the way. Yeah. Let's return that crap to wherever it needs to be. Well, Egypt is where it needs to be, clearly. All right. Anyway, enough about that. Hey, England, get your shit together and give them their stuff back. 
Have you, you seen that James Acaster? You the listen comedian? to Brendan Fraser? Give him their stuff back. <laughs> James Acaster, I think, is the comedian's name. Has a whole bit on like, yeah, we've taken this and we're not giving it back. And it's like, <laughs> find his keepers, basically. It's like, ah, not a great policy. What would Danny Dyer say about that? Dan- Wor- uh, worse accent I can't even do. It's so I'm so sorry to all the British people who listen, which is none of you. All right, here's what I said about the crew. I, the game ends 6-1, to one, great day, and I'm watching this and I'm enjoying it, and it's nice to see the crew put up six goals anytime, anywhere. Who cares? U.S. Open Cup, you put up six goals. I'm thrilled. I don't care who you're playing. Yep. But you did it against Atlanta. That's cool. Now, uh, it's Tiago Almeida, right, yeah. is their stud for Argentina who won a World Cup and was playing in that same game that uh, Eloy Room was letting in goals in. So, I mean, I'm just saying we did see two crew and Atlanta players going head-to-head and didn't go the same way, but that's okay. Those are national teams. doesn't matter. But because the crew didn't have some of their guys, Atlanta didn't have their guys, I posited on Twitter, I said, you know, hey, this is probably why some leagues don't play during international breaks. Mm-hmm. But the goals still count, and it was hilarious. Loved the result. Like, I I was trying to convey the, like, yeah, I get why leagues don't play in this because I don't know how much stock I can put in that 6-1 sure. to one result come playoff time. Come or this come, week. <laughs> or, yeah, come this week, right? Or when, when you get both squads back at full strength, you know there are going to be MLS thought tanks that are going to say, well, Atlanta lost 6-1, to one, but that wasn't really Atlanta. And like, if I mean, the, yes, it was, it was, it was, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't have their best guys. And I know it also the, wasn't Columbus. The counter argument would be yes, but the crew didn't have any of their best guys and they put up six goals. Fair point. The notion that I saw from some crew fans was like, here we go. The team has gotten the message and everyone now is playing big Willie style. Wilfried Nancy's style of ball. I hope so. I also acknowledge it might be easier to get guys on board who are making debuts than it is to get Cucho Hernandez and Lucas Elorayan to do their things that make them so valuable in his system, which Mm -hmm. is also an important thing. And that's not to say that they're not doing that. Not that they don't want to, but it's just like Alexander Matan, Mm -hmm. who we are... I, I mean, I'm standing Matan on this podcast. I hail Matan. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to say because John Zadar, who I love, my buddy, he was on Twitter saying, "Does everybody know it doesn't rhyme with Satan? It's <laughs> it's not hail Matan. It's Matan, it, right?" But I also want to say, Stan Matan. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like I'm just telling you, we stand him on this podcast. We love him. He's taken all the corner kicks, and they were great. Mm-hmm. We may have found something there. Maybe when Lucas comes back. Maybe Lucas doesn't need to take those free kicks. you it, hang out at the edge of the box? Dude, how about that? And now you got him and Cucho to worry about? Right. Cucho on the six, him on the 18. Right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And Matan whipping him balls? I really like that. Will that happen when Zellerion comes is back to playing? Right. I don't know. So that's all I was trying to get at is if that can be a thing we take from this, and then that applies to when you bring the full-strength squad back, at the end of the day – as much as it would be awesome if the Crew 2 squad could just be the best team MLS has ever seen, it may not, I don't want to call it fool's gold. That's not fair. But do you get what I'm saying? I understand. We're looking at it's something that also is, is not going to be the the principal application of this roster through 90% of the times you're going to see it. So I'm trying not to put too much in like the Crew are the best team in the league right now. They looked like it on Saturday. That's probably not real. 
That's all. So we do this in a lot of sports, you know, whether that be football or basketball or baseball. Not really baseball. I don't really care about baseball. <laughs> Um, Same. But whatever, like if a player has a debut and multiple players have their <laughs> debuts uh, and you're playing in the same system, like, first of all, let's take the realization, like other teams are still getting used to Wilfried Nancy's style, right? Like still, like there's not 10 years of tape that say, all right, we know in this position, like they're going to do this or when they're in position X, they're going to do Y. Like that still isn't out there. And now this is me saying this being fully aware that Saturday was awesome. Yeah. Again, like I'm putting a pin in that, like it was awesome. But off of your point, tape isn't out there for a lot uh, of his style yet. You had new players who tape isn't out there for them and what they do well or what they necessarily don't do well. And you were playing at home in a game without arguably the lo- the league's most electrifying player. He's, he's accounted for eight of the 11 goals prior to this game that Atlanta had scored. And it's one game. Like if this yeah. ha- if this if Bone if this were the case and I hope it is, like maybe all of a sudden like in training that week like something just clicked. Like if you see that this Saturday again against Real Salt Lake yes. and then yes. like this is continuing yes. and we're starting to see that, then I think that would be fair to have that conversation. Like all right, well watch out. And I think ultimately we will get there with this team. It will take a while. When we were doing our season preview, we had chatted about that. Like, it's not too long ago where you just got hammered against Philadelphia. Like, let's not forget about that. Let's not just move past that. Like, that's happened. That happened a few weeks ago. Like, it's is it going to turn around this quickly? I don't know. It was great on Saturday, but the indications are that it can be here, which I think is something to be very excited about. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I will be extraordinarily excited if the trend line moves in that direction yeah. like you're talking about these are a six to one result in mls is an outlier by its nature you've only no had mat- four no in matter team who, history no matter right you've only yes. had four games where you've scored scored six goals and so i understand if people saw that tweet that i sent out and they were like why are you being so negative just enjoy the moment that's fair you know what and it was and, a massive moment dude right and i'll be in complete honesty i was not at the game if i was i would have probably been more caught up in that moment i'm watching it at home i'm enjoying it but I'm enjoying it like I'm watching a sporting event like I do for work. And so my brain is doing that as opposed to me being there and high-fiving and drinking beers and just having a blast and not really – who cares about – like, same thing if you watch a Jackets game right now. If you're at a Jackets game, there's 18,000 of you, and the Jackets go in 6-2 to two right now. You're pumped. You're like, that was awesome. What a fun night. You know in the Jackets season of this year, that is actually a bad result yeah. <laughs> because you want them to get the lowest possible right. number so they can get the highest chance of getting a great player in the draft. All I'm saying is that's not where the crew are. I just don't want to – I can't put the stock in this game that it's something other than an outlier and a weird occurrence, and I hope – I for hope now. Have, for, for now. For now. But you know what? If if that means that Alexander Matan has more confidence to be him – and do his thing, and that leads to more goals for everyone around him, great. If we get other things that come out of it, if more players go like, hey, you know, this uh, Wilfried Nancy has some good ideas. I should listen to him and do what he mm-hmm. says. Look how it's working for the young guys. That's good, too. Philip Quentin is a baller. Well, he he finally, like, he's had some rough goes defensively yeah. early on. Like, that's the thing, right? If you can get something out of him offensively in the attack, and especially on set pieces and things like that, that is huge because we need to see some of that. I don't think we've really had that I'm defensively. To forget if it was the last goal. Did Arfson score the last goal? I 
think there were so, so many. I just the, I can't. Well, no, there, I think our yeah, I think Arson scored the final. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the last one in the order. All right, so whoever was on that left hand side against the Atlanta defender just turned him into a zombie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Who, oh, dude, that defender. What is his name? Oh gosh, I'm blanking on him. But there, it was their number eight or number six guy. I forget who it was, but like he. <laughs> He did not move. Well, he moved the wrong way and then just got toasted. Lennon? Does that sound right? Brooks who? Lennon? Yeah, that might be it. That Or who's, who is that? Number eight or number six? Number who's the other guy? That was number 11. Number oh, maybe I'm thinking, of a, Listen, maybe I'm thinking of a different goal. This, oh, isn't, well, this isn't an Atlanta United it, podcast. It doesn't. Well, who cares? Point is, yeah, it doesn't Whatever. matter. Homeboy yeah. got turned into a spin cycle. He, yeah, he did, man. I was sitting. I was on my I was on my couch trying to be as quiet as I can because the baby was sleeping. Yeah, and he got turned into a spin cycle, and I like I stood up. Yeah. from the couch was like, oh my god, and then right. a go- and then a goal was scored, and I don't know if that was the Arfston goal or if that was the fifth goal, whatever it was. And I'm like, this is this is it. This is the this best. Is fantastic. <laughs> well, and it is right. So I don't want to lose that. In the moment, it's fun, and in long term, it matters if that carries. It matters if those things keep going. So. I'm excited about the hopefulness that we have that those things will carry on. And I'd like to believe they will. Um, all right. Let's talk about the premier league. Uh, had some big moves in the coaching ranks there. Beamer. We have, uh, I mean, something that we know was coming with Conte, right? I mean, he and Tottenham. You can't, you can't say the things he did and have a job at that club anymore. No, or he just goes out and I was against Southampton. Yeah. I was watching that game a little bit. I think they were up. They were down against Southampton 1-0, and then they came back, and it was 2-1, to one, or maybe it was 3-1, to one, and I think Southampton came back and drew them with two goals in, like, the 86th and the 92nd minute or whatever it was. It was crazy. And then Antonio Conte, after the game, he was like, you know what? Uh, this team, our players, this is what they do. Like, they don't want to be great. They don't want to win trophies. I don't know. We haven't won a trophy in 30 years. Like, this is just the expectation here. As soon as I heard those comments, I'm like, Antonio Conte, not going to be in charge no. of the next Tottenham match. I mean, I don't know how you can. <laughs> and I loved how the club was like, yeah, we agree to mutually part with this. It's like, yes, I bet you do. Well, you know what, though? In in fairness to Conte, it's not like he comes from nowhere and has never coached anything right. to success. Like, he probably isn't wrong in a way that, the culture here is not where it needs to be. What, unfortunately, his analysis does not include <laughs> is the knowledge that it was his culture right. the last however many, you know, what, it's been a couple years, whatever yeah. it's been, like, that's on you. You're you're in charge. <laughs> you're brought in to help direct and change the culture. So that criticism to suddenly in the midst of it to I say, didn't do this. you know what, if two years after you leave, and you give it your best, and I'm sure he gave it his best for at least a part of this, but if, if you leave after a couple of years and you're doing an interview and someone's like, so what really was it like there? And and he's like, you know, I've really kicked that around in my head, and I, I honest to God, think there's just something in the water there. Like, it's weird. Like, then I would respect that more because you're saying I was in there, yeah. dug in, doing everything I could, and we tried, and I just I couldn't get it done, but I'm not sure that it would be – Totally my fault. There's a little bit of my fault. There's a little bit of everybody's fault. When you're in the moment saying this team, this game sucked and marked players because no one wants to win here, <laughs> you're here. You're the one. So you don't want to win either. You're part of the you that's right. here. So I just, I feel like that was not the best way to handle that clearly. And uh, so did they. It's hard to believe that the whole Antonio Conte, Thomas Tuchel situation was this season. Like, remember when they went crazy at the end right? of the game? Chelsea and... Spurs. Well, like that was this year. Yeah, but we. I will say, in defense of uh, time, I don't know. Um, 
the reason it feels to me like that was a billion years ago is because that was pre-World Cup yes. this year. Yeah. And the World Cup this season made it feel like we've had three seasons yeah. where we had the Premier League and then we had the World Cup and now we had the new Premier League and also the real Champions League also started after <laughs> World Cup. So yeah. it's like we got that going. So I feel like there's been three seasons. So, but yes, that's a very bizarre turn of events. And now both those guys are, well, well, Tuchel has been out, but now he's back in. Now he's back in because Julian Nagelsmann of Bayern Munich fame, who I, when I first saw this come down, I'm like, something, something ain't right about this. Right. Like they have won every single game yeah. that they have played in, in the champions league this year. Yeah. They just dispatched of PSG. Uh, okay, no big deal. No sure, problem. Wipe your hands with that. Yep. Like yep. that's not easy to accomplish. But, but they had no problem. I guess really. it is easy to accomplish for because them. PSG always go crashing out early, which is a no. different expectation. Your for point them. is right. It shouldn't be easy, but somehow it is. In the somehow Champions it League. is. Yeah. Um, you look at what they've done in the Bundesliga. All right, fair. They haven't been great in 2023, but not a reason to fire the guy. I wouldn't. And think then so. literally out of nowhere, it's just like boom, like he's out of there. He's gone. I don't know if you've seen all this coming, like all the conspiracy theories. No. Uh, I about- have. I will be honest. I just saw that he was let go and I saw Tuchel was in and I thought well I guess I'm just not up to speed on what's going on at Bayern Munich but like you said then I went back and looked and I'm like but they've been okay they're not I wouldn't I mean I know they have high expectations but I wouldn't think you get fired it doesn't see I don't know and again I'm just conflating like what I think of Germans in general (laughs) I tend to think of them like well we are working hard at fixing this and it will work but in the meantime we're going to trust the process and we're not going to just fire a guy for like I don't see them being I don't see typical German soccer ownership, especially at a place like Bayern Munich, as being like two weeks of bad, fire him. Like that's just not their style. They have lost two games this this year in this calendar year. Yeah. They have lost two games. They have drawn four games. Everything else that they've won. Jeez. Um but the reports were and this again, conspiracy theory, which I've been on the internet a lot the recent days because I've had time to kill and I've like, just been reading a ton of articles on this. So Julian Nagelsmann apparently had a girlfriend, which is fine. Let him live. You can have a girlfriend. Do your thing. I don't oppose that at all. Um, had a girlfriend, and apparently Bayern's tactics and their lineups were getting leaked, like they were continuing <sighs> to get leaked, and. Julian Nagelsmann's girlfriend used to write for Build, which is a yeah, big B I L D huge German huge publication. German publication. Like Build Sports, you can go there and like read everything That's, in German. It's about, one like, of their papers. Like if you're looking for German soccer information, like ESPN, you, or, yeah, you'd go to Build. Right, you would go there. So it came out that she was a Build re- former Build reporter. Now, when she started this relationship with Julian Nagelsmann, she quit Build. Like, all right, well, this, you is have con- to. this is a conflict of I mean, interest. Really, I can't. It'd be really difficult to keep the relationship. Right. Is. I can't I can't do both, but I'm going to, you know. So that was layer number one to the story. Now, layer number two of the story, like, they're already like, well, players don't trust her around Julian Nagelsmann because they're leaking information out. She's leaking information out about us because I guess she was at training and, like, when everything was supposed to be behind closed doors, they kick her, and this comes from Julian Nagelsmann on a bad week to make it worse. The day that he was fired from Bayern Munich, they broke up. <laughs> Which is like, well, was there a rat? Like, was there a mole? Wow. And if so, like, maybe it was her. And then apparently he had a dust-up with uh, Sadio Mane, and he didn't have the respect of, like, the veteran Bayern players. Mm. And I guess when Sadio Mane was, like, laying into him, he was, like, scared and looked like a coward, which made the Bayern team, like, respect him less. Oh, I mean, it's... Now, these are, again, these are not reports. These are... European reports on things coming out, which is, These are the 
yes, this is tabloid the stuff. Which I'm I enjoy. hearing, or yeah, it's unnamed sources in the locker room told yes. us this. Unnamed sources report, or are saying, or sources close to the team say this is not anything coming sources from the team. Sources close to the team are reporting that Cristiano Ronaldo is not happy with Eric Ten Hag. Right. Like, yeah. We it's, saw how that happened. Like yeah, I don't know, and, if, it, and it can be true, but and so, man, that's wild. So you get fired. Yeah. From Bayern. Your girlfriend leaves you after being the mole to leaking your team information. Well, out. I don't. I mean. And now here's the kicker. The best part is that you were the favored to land the Tottenham job and you're not going to win them a trophy. No. And Thomas Tuchel takes over the Bayern job. Which, again, that whole thing is like uh, manage Borussia Dortmund, goes to Chelsea. <laughs> goes to so, PSG. PSG. Right, right, right. Wins ends a up, Champions League with Chelsea. Ends up. In a, I mean, again, no disrespect to Dortmund fans, but we know he ended up he he upgraded the job, right? Yeah. I mean, the CV is now to a point where he can get the Bayern job. It wasn't before. Now That's Dortmund do have a one point lead on Bayern in the Bundesliga. Yeah, both on twenty five games but, played. But so now, so over, now his task is history. so now his task is to go and thwart the old club. Yes. That won't add any drama to the Bundesliga no. end of the season proceedings. So that's fun. I like that. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, let's talk about the Premier League Hall of Fame. I was totally unaware that this existed until I saw pictures of Fergie and Arsene Wenger. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. You know, by the way, who is? Are you old enough to remember the Fergie that was not Alex Ferguson? Like there was the woman who was in British royalty who was also named Fergie. She I had, remember like, red the, hair. I know. I remember okay. the pop singer Fergie. Fergalicious. Yes, there's that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead with. Yeah, so Alex Ferguson in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, so they were so they're the, the first two managers. Now, again, Premier Premier League Hall of Fame was supposed to get going and be started in 2020. COVID then delayed that. Um so they started in 2021 and then 22. Now, this is the first time that two managers have been added to the Premier League Hall of Fame and I think they got this spot on with the first two managers being inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame being Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson. Yeah, I'd say they did a pretty bang up job there. I think you could do couldn't do a lot better than that with those two guys. They deserve to be in there. Um, and if you're wondering yourself, well, I'm going to England. Can I visit the Premier League Hall of Fame? As I was, I'm not going to England, but I was wondering if it's a physical place. It is not a physical place. It is an online Hall of Fame only, which mm. I think kind of stinks. It is, yeah, I would like to go into an actual Hall of Fame with busts. Why not? Especially like maybe in England, it's just different. But like here, I mean, Cooperstown is an older institution right the pro football hall of fame is a kind of older not around a while not in our terms not in terms of like you go to england and it's like oh yeah this is a bar that bill shakespeare used to like write his sonnets in you know like that's they don't so to be like this is the hall of fame that was minted in 2023 it's gonna be like (laughs) what is this a cvs like they're just it's not gonna have the same vibe that a hall of fame has here because the sports weren't such a big deal when those hall of fames i mean they were but well, let's look at it. I mean, the Premier League hasn't been around for a long time. It's only been been here for, what, 30 years? And it's current fashion now? You're right. That's fair. And I know the Premier League Hall of Fame in that way is is only going to go back to those years. Yeah. It's not going to go back to the 60s or stuff like that. And so I don't know. The, is there some kind of football Hall of Fame, soccer Hall of Fame? I don't think so. In, I mean, again, I would assume not because I've never heard of any such thing because I – I would think you would have heard of it at some point, but then again, we hadn't heard of this, even though this has been around for a few years. All right, so the eligibility requirements to get into this Premier League Hall yeah, of Fame, it's, give it to me. it's pretty hard to 
I mean, so it's not the Hall of Very Good. No, it shouldn't be. It's the Hall of Fame, for God's you sake. You know what? I hope they have a year where they don't let anybody in. You like you need to have it. You need to establish that early like on. Baseball, like, yeah, but baseball never does that anymore. Baseball's right. like, well, all right, Wally's well, well, guy's been on the ballot for fifteen years. Yeah, they just yeah, or or like they have that veterans committee that'll be like, yeah, no one voted for this guy, but we like him, so put him in. All right, all right. so it says here, so for players to be eligible in induction into the Premier League Hall of Fame, several criteria are taking into consideration. Primarily, players who have quote an exceptional record of on pitch success and have shown significant contribution. Since the inception of the Premier League in 1992, other factors are also taking into consideration with players needing to have retired before the start of the awarding season. So whatever, you got to retire before okay. you get out there. Appeared in more than 200 Premier League appearances for one club. Okay. Selected to any team of the decade or 20-year oh. anniversary teams. Okay. Won a Premier League golden boot or golden glove. Been ha- voted- Wait, oh, these, these are, are just not you have to have won that. Because there's only, I mean, like, what do you do if you're a defender? You can't win a no, golden boot. No, if you hit any oh, of these criteria. If you criteria. hit any of those, you're in. You're, you're eligible. Eligible. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. That won makes a Premier way more League sense. golden boot or golden glove. Yeah. Been voted as Premier League player of the season. Won three Premier League titles. Oh. Or scored 100 Premier League goals. Or goalkeepers can have recorded 100 Premier League clean sheets. Okay. So and I would the, like to see if you spit out all that information. Yeah. Like right. from 1992 till now. How many actual players are eligible for this thing? Yeah, that's true. There's pro- I mean, there's probably not a ton, right? I mean, though, again, like playing in 200 Premier League games, there are lots of guys who have done that, but yeah. they're not like playing for the the biggest clubs ever, but they've just been around. And I know this guy, I'm this guy's in, right? I'm guaranteeing this guy's in. I didn't even look, but like Alan Shearer is a legend Alan of the Premier League. Sh- Alan Shearer's in the Premier League, right. is in the Hall of Fame. Right, but like, that's what I'm saying is, and Alan Shearer is a legend, and he's even a bad example because he is so well-known. But I'm saying, like, every club has an Alan Shearer-type yeah. guy that they're not going to start off with. You know, I'm, I'm assuming, like, Thierry Henry is a guy who's in the Premier League Thierry Hall Thierry Henry thing. is in the Hall Okay, right. Like, All these guys in here, you will know. I yeah. can go down the list because it's, like, 12 guys. Okay, who is it? Yeah. Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Eric Cantona, Roy oh, yeah. Keane, Frank Lampard, Dennis Birdcamp, Steven Gerrard, David Beckham. That was your class of 21. Okay. Your class of 22 was Wayne Rooney, Patrick Vieira, Sergio Aguero, Didier Drogba, Vincent Company, Peter Schmeichel, and then this past year's was Paul Scholes and Ian Wright. Yeah. All those right. guys. All those like, guys. Yep. All those Got guys. It. Instant known. Yep. 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 Okay. 100% understood. Yep. That makes sense. Um, you know who's going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, is going to make it into the Premier League Hall of Fame? Cristiano Ronaldo. He will probably. When be he retires. But he won't, he won't ever retire is the problem with that. So he'll just keep playing for smaller and smaller clubs that pay him gobs and gobs of money. How about Jabril Cissé? I think he's ever yeah, going to make I it in Jabril there. I think Jabril Cissé will make it in there. God. I think he'd be, you know, but, but you know who else is like a guy that would probably need to make it in there at some point? Like Troy Deeney needs to make it in there, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like for Watford. But I don't know if they have Jamie Vardy. Well, for Jamie sure. Jamie Vardy's going to be a hundred percent. No doubt. But like Troy Deeney, I just thought of that. A lot of his appearances were for Watford, but right. were they all Premier League appearances? Does he have that's 200 true. of those? You know what I mean? Like, so that's, but I'm saying guys like that where you're like, when I think of that club, I think of that dude. Like that stuff is, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to debate this as the years go on. And I plan to get progressively angrier and angrier <laughs> as this goes. That's my goal. I'm going to like by year 2027 of the Premier League Hall of Fame, I'll be like, God damn it. And hey, just have an opinion. I want to really, Vieira. really be fired up. That's 
future U.S. men's national team head coach, Patrick Fierre, <laughs> to you. Or Thierry Henry, which apparently Thierry Henry was interested in the job. I would be very interested in Thierry too. Henry taking that job. I would, too. And you know what I could then say? I would have interviewed a host or a host. Wait a minute. A wait, wait, coach. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. When did you talk to Thierry Henry? Uh, a little thing called Massive Report. Back when I was a reporter, Pat and I, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Uh, there was a year where you know, he was playing yeah. for New York, multiple years. And they played, you know, or was coaching up in Montreal, but... When he was a player, he came in and he would do the interviews after the game. And so we did our interviews in the crew locker room. And then, but it had been set up like with, I forget who was the PR guy. If it was, I don't think it was Dave Stephanie anymore by this time, but whoever was doing PR at that time, we had asked like, can we go talk to Thierry Henry? And he was like, yeah, if he's doing interviews, we'll get you in there. And you guys fit the qualifications. You're not just some like nobody's ever heard of it. So, of course, like, all of us show up to do the yeah. interview. And we even did, I think we did a video thing with him, too, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, yeah, so we go there. And he was talking in, I believe, in Spanish to, Jesus. like, Univision or one of those places that was covering him. And he's giving an interview in Spanish. And, like, so we're just standing there waiting. And he's chill. And he's, like, leaned up against, a like, a crate or a box he's or something. He's so cool. And then. He's so cool. That interview done, he, like, shakes their hand, they walk away, and he turns to us and he goes, hello. And then, like, instantly just turns on the charm and could not have been nicer. And what you, like, when you see him on TV mm -hmm. with the, I know there's lots of memes of him, like, laughing and, like, you know, like, his his chortles and all that stuff. But when you see him breaking down a game oh, yeah. and he's out on that, when they had him in the World Cup breaking on the field or Champions League, whatever that was, yeah, where Champions League. they were out on the field and he would, like, show you how he would hold a defender back while he was trying to receive a pass, stuff like that. That calmness that he had there, that is exactly what it was like talking to him in real life. It, the man is truly one of the most interesting people in the world. And, yeah, I, we got to talk to him for five minutes, but it was like the coolest five, one of the coolest five minutes of my life, I would say for sure. So that happened. I'm that green with jealous rage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I Maybe didn't Maybe when he to... becomes the U.S. men's national team coach, we can have him on this very fine podcast. I would, I would love to do that. In fact... I think we should just make that a goal. Let's set a goal for this year. Let's get Thierry Henry the, on the podcast for just because. Deal. Just because we want to talk to him. In. Let's work on that. All right. Go that to hell, DC United <laughs> PR person that told me, no, we can't talk to Wayne Rooney. We're, you know what? We're going we're gonna to figure it out. We're going to start with CBS Sports Network and work our way up and you know, try to, however we need to talk to him. And we'll we're get Kate try. Abdo on for Pat Murphy. You know what? You could get Kate, Kate Abdo on for me as well. I like Kate Abdo. I, she's, she's she adds great. a lot to the broadcast. She's great. And yeah, she also speaks like multiple languages. I'm not, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So that's the other thing. We're getting bilingual on this show. We're going to learn a language. No, we're not. We're too busy for that. I did two days of Duolingo, tried to learn <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> oh, Didn't Japanese. Go. Yeah, nice. man. Why would I try to learn? Meredith is a Spanish minor. Right. She even... speaks Spanish. That's great. I spoke ger did German in high school. Like I know a little bit of German. I Do could you? probably get my way around. See, I, I actually, I was with you that I wanted to learn a language that was not when I, I, I know un poquito Espanol. A little time, like, small. Yeah, yeah, small amount. Mm -hmm. But, like, I could function enough to, like, say I'm thirsty or where's the bathroom, that yeah. stuff. I wanted to learn German, and I did the same thing on Duolingo for, like, I actually stuck with it for a week, and then I was, like. The nice thing about German is it uses the same letters. Uh, Japan, Japanese, whole different alphabet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whole different ball game yeah, over there. It's yeah, it's very different. Yeah. I did, I did learn, uh. Wasser and Brot. Oh, yep. Water, Water and, bread. and bread. There we go. Mm -hmm. 
And uh Voice de Toiletta. Bitte. Yeah, bitte, toilet, bitte is please. please. Yeah. yeah, I'd learned that. Which I always in my head had to say bitte doesn't sound like something you would say when you're being nice. It sounds like you would be bitter. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> but then I thought, that's Germany. Nice while not sounding nice. Because it's very aggressive language. But they can be nice people, of course, as anybody can. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you next week. Enjoy all the soccer. We'll talk to you then.